Welcome into the AU Radio Comics Corner. I think you never outgrow your love of these stories. A weekly look at new and upcoming comic book releases. I loved anything that was imaginative, that was high concept, that was a little bit bigger than life. Join us. You guys are great. Pull up a beanbag chair, settle in, and thumb through this week's issues with George and Travis. Purveyors of entertainment, we hope. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome on down to, if I'm not mistaken, issue 52 of the Comics Caterpillar Cafe Comics Corner Podcast. You know what that means. Starting next week is the new 52. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Welcome back to the Comics Corner Podcast, Corey. <laughs> A rebirth, if you will. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> Dear Christ. No, we've been... T- uh, no, no, no. Hey, we've recently been lenticulared, uh, chromiumed, uh, you know, uh, uh, foiled, if you will, chromiumed <laughs> yeah, we've with been our 50th issues. Times. Yes, we have. Yeah. No, no, no. Oh, and what a way to bring back the new uh, year of podcasting with Corey. Hey, I'm good to, I'm good to be back. Yes. I'm good to be back. It is good to be back. Uh, yes. Good morning, Travis. Good morning. Glad morning. <laughs> And uh, we got a we got a big old pile of comics. So many comics this it, week. It was a big week. Travis was stuck here late with his blood, sweat, and tears pouring into the pull lists. Dude, when I left yesterday, he was just sitting there bagging comics, and I looked over, and there was a stack bigger than most weeks, and you'd already done like two boxes worth. <laughs> Yeah, it, it I was, was like, good lord! It was an enormous week of comics this week. We're gonna tell you about two. Yeah, <laughs> the two, the two that you got to peruse before your cold hot dog dunked out. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh, to get it all started, there is a comic book out this week that those with uh, with a little bit of uh, discretion in the kind of stories that they allow themselves to fall into might judge this a little bit based on the cliche kind of a nature of the thing, but barreling into what we're dealing with here coming up in the near DC Universe future, the Batman Who Laughs is seemingly infecting people in the universe of DC with his Joker virus, and we're potentially looking at infected people that are going to perpetuate this whole who laughs kind of an affect and uh superman is maybe in the crosshairs of that happening and uh there's a whole thing happening so i got a question yeah uh, i'm not reading this line does it feel like the batman who laughs was a throwaway thing from metal that when it caught they were like capitalize i think his real name is hasbro okay <laughs> Okay, that's that's what I'm asking. No, that's... but no, that's fair to say because the before the podcast we were just mentioning how he is a hard ripoff of Judge Death, and yeah, how oh God, you, yeah, you we... were just mentioning how this story trope was even done in the Dread Universe, and that that yeah. that in and of itself feels like it's kind of a ridiculous ripoff, but. This that's the world we're living in right now with DC, and in the vein of what they're doing, and we're actually, we're seeing a lot of that going on with X Men right now with uh, Jonathan Hickman stuff, which we'll get into again and again and again, and I'm sure. But in the Batman Superman comic book that just started up this week, the thing that they have done reliably with this comic book in the past 
is have a duality between Batman and Superman because they are so different from each other and they have these different thought processes that are similar and different and their Venn diagram is all over the place. But they do a good job at illustrating the point of if any of us heroes turned bad, we'd be way better villains than our current status quo of villain are. While that is seemingly maybe a fresh take, it's it's not. No, that's fair. That's you know. fair. It's just it, it is it's rehashed like this comic book is basically cursed to do forever. Yeah. Because it's Batman and Superman and what story hasn't been told with the two of them. Right. With it, a new villain, with a little bit of fresh <laughs> mix of what's going on, but absolutely familiar territory. I and want, I enjoyed it for what it was because the artwork was phenomenally good. Okay. That that's where I stand on it. I'm not bagging on it. It's no, just from an outsider perspective. No, and you're not wrong. I can't. I cannot <laughs> deny the fact that Batman and Superman stories have been done over and over and over again to yeah. death. Can we just get a ten issue arc where they're fighting over whether Chick Fil A or Popeyes is better? That's pretty cool. Okay. Do do you, do you like Azrael? Yeah. This is your comic book this oh, week. Oh, really? They get into it. Which one's this one? This the sequel to uh, White Knight. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, Curse of the White Knight, and it is uh, heavily steeped in the Azrael lore and Dope. mythology and stuff, and they play around with that a little bit. Well, and the White Knight was one of the best runs in a long time. I loved it. So, so they're they're bringing some really interesting new stuff to the soup of that kind of weird black label doing its own thing kind of a story. Did Jen read that one? I think so. I, uh, she <laughs> okay. didn't say anything about okay, it. Okay, fair just enough. Just because I'm so far behind on it. That's fair. What issue? What issue is this in that run? Just two. Okay, but very good. It's, I, I was actually talking to somebody uh, down at the store last night um, that was convinced that Azrael had gotten his own black label comic book, and that we hadn't read it. We were missing out, and I was like, "Are you are you sure that what? wasn't just like Curse of the White Knight number one?" And he's like, "No, no, no, it was an Azrael black label comic." And I was like, "Are are you sure?" And he looked it up, and he was like, "No, you're right. It was just Curse of the White Knight number one. I just thought it was an Azrael comic." Okay, <laughs> which is if you're an Azrael fan, anybody out there. Read Curse of the White Knight. It is such a cool story, and it's not not necessarily like the standard Azrael story, but it is a really cool like kind of retooling of that mythology. Righteous. So, anyways, that's all the DC I read this week. I didn't read any DC. <laughs> uh, there was a hot mess of Marvel that I read, though, uh, nice. including Absolute Carnage and every tie-in that came out this week, which was like eighty-five of them. Yeah, minus eighty-two. Ah, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> But um, it, it's, I mean, I'm really enjoying it. I'm waist deep in it. Uh, I think I've missed one of the six or seven tie-ins that have come out so far. And I've liked everything that I've read, which is absurd to me because I haven't enjoyed a Marvel event this fully in a long time. Yeah. But it's it's pandering very heavily to my childhood comic book fandom well was it wasn't maximum carnage like one of your first yeah that was one of the first things i read well spider-man in the 90s like the cartoon show with with venom and carnage and all those guys in there uh, when i started volunteering here at the store the first comic books that i ever used with the store credit that i got was venom lethal protector and there's literally a comic book out today called lethal protectors hey look iron fist right <laughs> it's actually uh, <laughs> It's uh, more uh, involving Misty Knight as a random side character that was involved with one of the one-shots that was leading up to the whole event. Okay. Um, so that's in there, but um, but it's all kind of weaving into this nice tapestry that they're actually kind of keeping more consistent than I have seen in a Marvel event for a long time. Cool. Yeah. 
Um, also out this week was Venom number 17, which is uh, being written by the person who's writing Absolute Carnage itself, Donny Cates. Um, and it gives context to and puts the story forward in a really nice... I don't want to give it too much credit, but it actually reminds me of the way Jeff Johns was weaving Blackest Night together. Ooh, now that... A little bit. I, like, I, I'm not quite putting it on that level, but it reminds me a little bit of how the it's one got... creative was able to put the story and kind of yeah weave it together. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Miles Morales one uh, start of the three issue miniseries was also out this week, which very nicely ties into um, where number two of Absolute Carnage leaves off. We'll see where that goes. It doesn't look good for Miles. He might be infected Ooh. by the uh, by the by the by <laughs> lots the of infections happening. Lots of that happening. Did you get a beat on what this was? I I read like the first couple little things on it and flipped through it. it just looks like like a celebration of uh, eighty years of comics. So cool! I, I like the Scotty Young cover. Yeah, no, no, totally. <laughs> so this it's a weird thing. I've never seen this, an this anthology quite Marvel like Comics this. One Thousand. <laughs> Marvel <laughs> Comics One Thousand. Yes, thank you, Travis. We I so often will ask about a thing and then actually not actually not actually <laughs> say the words. So it's an eighty-page giant, and every single page is some kind of a single-page comic that has reference to something that happened in every year of Marvel's existence. Yeah, that aspect was pretty cool. Which you get like a page and Yeah. Well, and it it says on the cover 80 years, 80 creative teams, one universe. They literally give homage to every year that Marvel has existed. They give a highlight to one thing that happened that year and have a page done by some really cool creative people. And it's Kind of cool. Like, if you just want, like, a love letter to Marvel's history, it's neat. It was interesting <laughs> to see, like, how far back some of the ideas for characters went. Like, uh, America, which they called Miss America way back. It, she turned up, like, way early. Yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, it, it gives, it. yeah, it gives credence to a lot of what <laughs> has come up and been developed recently and also... You know, given a given a nice little nod to lots of stuff that came before, which yeah, stuff like America coming up like way back in the past. Like, if you want just a weird little dive into esoteric Marvel history, this is a cool thing to pick up. Another one that I, uh, that came out that kind of celebrates Marvel characters throughout uh, time was Monsters. Yeah, I saw that cover this morning. That's that's cool. Is which, that a similar thing? I uh, kind of it, it goes through and gives you almost like a, a bestiary of. Of the Marvel monsters. Oh, cool! Oh, wow! And then there's like uh, a short comic at the end involving them all. Nice. Fing, fang, boom. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So I, I think it it might have been at the back of the Marvel 1000, but um, there's this secret project with Scotty Young that they're working on that they're kind of teasing out a little bit, and I'm wondering if they're not gonna do just like his old. His his own like whole like line of like you know give him Marvel Universe six one seven or something and just let him do like a Scotty Young verse of Marvel oh, that characters would be or something. Awesome. But that would be cool. There's something coming up. We'll I'm sure we'll talk about it when it's actually announced. But that, they, they released cool. a uh, a three D uh, Amazing Spider Man Venom. I, I need comic. I I need that. Oh my god, I, that's rad. <laughs> I, like can can I can I buy that? I'm like, yeah. Okay. If, if I didn't already put one, I was trying to think if I put one in your boxes. I didn't mean to put you on the spot. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is 
I was like twenty percent sure I put one in your box. Okay, twenty percent. Well, anyways, sure. I don't. Uh, so, anyways, we'll, we'll yeah, we'll discuss. That's awesome, though. There, I had a double dose of X Men last week. Uh, sorry, this week because I didn't read X Men last week. I I'm quickly forgetting about caring about the plagiarism thing because this story is so good. Nice. And I I, I didn't get to this. Hey, when you're gonna rip something off, rip something off that's good. I like. <laughs> Like, it's the, the idea that there's no original stories out there in the universe anymore. Like, y- you can, you can, you know, maybe, okay, I'm just justified. Anyways, I love this comic book. Yeah. They're doing such cool things with X-Men that I have never been so interested in before. I just, I, if you if you like X-Men or if you don't, you'll, you might enjoy this book. Yeah. And uh, we're, we're in the second half of the doubles. Yes. So House of X 3 is this week, and then House of X 4 comes yep. out next week. Which I'm very excited for. A couple other things I read this week, jumping over into the independent sector. You said you did read the Tommy Gun Wizards? I did. Tommy nice. Gun Wizards. That, I, I'm telling you, it sounds like a Queen song to me. Yeah. Tommy Gun Wizards. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> so it's the first comic that I've ever read that was written by Christian Ward who is a phenomenal artist known for working with uh, Matt Fraction on a couple of projects and just being an all-out ethereal artist of epic proportions. Um, and he did the cover, but he does not do the interiors. What did you think of it? I thought it was kind of neat. Uh, have you heard anything about it, Corey? Just what you were saying uh, this uh, morning, and then we got cut off because we were talking about bugs at work. Yeah. <laughs> not so bugs, it, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's the story of the Untouchables going after Al Capone, but Al Capone, instead of slinging uh, drugs and booze, he's dealing in magic. Dope. <laughs> yep. Oh, that sounds phenomenal. You'd love it. Tell I me you stuck a copy of that in Donnie's. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Good, because <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna want that. That's Be- really cool. It was really really good. Are you familiar with um, John Paul Leon? Like the third or whatever he is, um, he's he's one of the guys that worked yeah, on. Yeah, we had lunch last week. I know, right? Yeah, <laughs> he's one of the artists that worked on um, Ex Machina, but was like on the specials instead yeah, of the main okay. series. Yeah, he the art reminds me of that very very much. It's okay. kind of got a like noir crime style Dope. to it. Yeah, that's it's, cool. It's really really good. So yeah, check that out from Dark Horse. Ice Cream Man came out this week. <laughs> Sorry, I, I don't know what happened there. I, I love how sound. much you hate this book. <laughs> Um, this it's one, all based on the first issue. I've never gone on any further. I, I know, I know, and I and I think that's why I love it so much. There's actually there's a band of terrible, terrible kids that are uh, cleaning somebody's uh, backyard. No, putting up like a shed in somebody's backyard. The the family that is kind of the focus of the story. They kind of seem demonetized. You know, not like a YouTuber kind of way, but like <laughs> like actually demons. Um, oh, like from the from the wife's point of view, and she demonetized. Thinks, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that's much better than the word I was going to come up with. It's all kind of uh, one of those things, like you know, just like paranoid schizophrenic style thing, and it seems like she would just had it all in her head. But they actually leave a cliffhanger that makes it seem like these guys might actually come back in another comic book and show up again at some Ooh. point in the future, which is the first thing I've seen in this comic book that has any thread through story. You know what's funny is just the more and more I hear about it, the more I want to like this comic. I want to read it. And, I'm sure but, you'd like it. But but you're a stubborn jerk. <laughs> yes, I am. And that's the problem. <laughs> 
Uh, that's, uh, that's why we've been friends so long. I know. <laughs> I know. Because um, I refuse to let go. <laughs> like, no, buddy, you're my friend. You're like, but I hate you now. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> How about Maul? Did you read Maul? I, I flipped through it. And I wanted to read it, but I did eventually run out of steam last night, and Mall. I ended up just flipping. Th- yeah, it's a comic yeah, called Fall Comics, uh, written by Michael Morsey, who is um, uh, he's been in the comic book industry for a while, and I'm totally forgetting any other book that he's written. But he's done a lot of work in the comics world, a lot of it in the indie sector. Like he's done a lot for Image, I think, and maybe some Dark Horse. But uh, this is from Vault Comics, and it looks really good. So imagine Peach Tree from uh, the Dread movie. Okay. Without yeah. the judges. Oh, okay. So, yeah. yeah. So it's that apartment complex from the movie Raid? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the world has ended, and uh, society is basically just living inside of contained, you know. Yeah. And this uh, has a mall with uh, all the different gangs that have taken over. <laughs> so you've got these guys running around in, in footlocker uniforms and <laughs> <laughs> battling the... <laughs> Uh, they, they don't. Dude, they don't call them the Foot Locker, but they're, as they're, a as a mall rat of the '90s, like that appeals to me on many levels. It was it was pretty neat. Okay, <laughs> well, Vault has been doing some really cool stuff. Um, they had another one out this week too, called The Necromancer's Map, which is in the same universe as uh, Songs of the Dead. Oh, is it really? Or Songs for the Dead? Yeah, that's cool. I didn't know they were starting to do like a shared universe thing. Yeah, cool. I really, I really wanted to read this one last night. It looks, it looks really, really good. But I, I just ran out of steam. Yeah, I never did read uh, the other one, but uh, Jen read through it and she said it was, it it was just beautiful and a nice little story. Yeah, awesome. You hear that a lot on this show, don't you? I didn't didn't read it, but Jen, Jen Jen read this thing that and she said it was good (laughs) because she's better than all of us put together. Well, she's one of the most voracious readers on the planet. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely true. But hey, credit where credit's due. We had the final issue of Planet of the Nerds. The final issue? Oh, yeah. no. I, I don't think they're going any further than Aww. this. Uh, which was actually, uh, <laughs> it was kind of spoiled for me last week because we thought that we missed it. Yeah. And uh, Jen had a, a review copy that was sent to her. So oh, she, no. she told me about it. Oh, no. I was like, oh, okay, when I saw it <laughs> coming in this week. <laughs> That's too bad. Well, hey. Hey, Derek, Planet of the Nerds ended. <laughs> Read it. Why not? Yeah. We had uh, <laughs> a, a Mountain Head from uh, I, IDW. I was just flipping through that one. That book looks really good and is in the stack of stuff that I didn't get around to reading, but definitely want to. What Did, did you get a beat on this one? What's going on? I remember thinking, hey, that looks a re- like a really cool comic. <laughs> okay. I was ordering it. <laughs> this has been the most informative week so, ever. Okay. You're like, this is ah. a comic that came out. <laughs> hey, come on. Come on. <laughs> no, but okay. So I, I had a elevator pitch on at least what the artwork was like. It's like somewhere between Gabriel Rodriguez and like Jeff Darrow. Ooh. Maybe not quite as crazy on the detail, but like the crispness of Gabriel Rodriguez from, you know, like lock and key fame. But it just, ha- it, it's got like a gross aspect to it too. Like there's at least two or three pages where people are puking and it looks awesome. <laughs> <laughs> the detail in the vomit. Yeah, no, I mean, but the, the artistic ability to make that look cool. Like, I mean, I don't know, maybe I'm just weird, but 
I mean, no, that's definitely for sure. I'm definitely weird, but at the same time, I can appreciate good art. So yeah, that I, I don't know anything about it. Hopefully one of us will read this before tomorrow and we'll talk about it on the main podcast. Yeah, I just got home and I didn't even want to look at a comic book yet. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> you, you've got a stack in your bag and you're like, you sickened me. <laughs> <laughs> and I just angrily ate my hot dog. Yeah. Uh, Star Pig number two came out. I saw that. Star Pig! <laughs> Thank you, Corey. Which I did actually read this one. Nice. Um, you, <laughs> yeah. you just I didn't even want to look at a comic Star Pig though I had to, <laughs> I could not read Star Pig <laughs> issue 2 there is a sequence in here while you ate your hot dog you vindictive <laughs> bastard <laughs> yep just the other cor- other comics were in the corner Wait, facing the corner <laughs> facing the you corner punished <laughs> but There's, not Star Pig so, so at the end of the first comic, uh, the, the, the girl gets saved by the, by the tardigrade guy, who gets a name in this one, uh, and, and then they, in turn, get rescued by this sentient fungus guy. Sentient fungus. And there's a great sequence where he's, he's like showing them around the ship and showing, him, showing everybody his collection of things. And, uh, the fungus guy? Yeah, the fungus. Okay. He like collects human things. Okay, cool. And it's, it's <laughs> really like awesome. Little mermaid, comic, so it's not a huge spoiler. But, sure, uh, sure, sure. He's, he's like talking about, oh, you like uh, you like Keanu Reeves? <laughs> I, I got, got one of those. <laughs> he's got a Keanu. No, <laughs> that's amazing. That is amazing. So it's it's worth it to uh, to see that scene. <laughs> you know what's it's your your ability to take the chances on the most ridiculous comics, and ninety percent of the time it pays off. Like you get you come in and you're like, this is great, and this is why. And then I just always wonder when you get slapped with, no, that was abysmal. Because <laughs> we don't hear about that very often. Yeah. I was uh, also really excited about Cookie and the Kid. Which I saw that one in there. This week. Yeah, yeah. Which just came out like last week, I think. Oh, wow. This is is, it, right is that number two? It. Yeah, this is number two. Oh. Uh, little black and white. Yeah, it came out the same week as the Oh, Kai- yeah. The yeah. Kaiju-kun something yeah. or other. Konnichiwa Kaiju. Yeah, that one. From uh, Antarctic Press uh, mm-hmm. with the little cookie-stealing furry <laughs> kid thing. Perfect. I love it. I love it. That inadvertently leads a human child into the fairy world. Dang Classic it. trope. Classic yep. trope. Leading up to the first big uh, Buffy event, uh, which uh, uh, something about the Hellmouth, I'm sure. I think. Uh, yeah. Hellmouth. Yeah, that, yeah like that. That, to that uh, effect. There was Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Chosen ones, yay! Which, uh, oh, gives, cool. Gives oh, so little tidbits of slayers throughout the years. Oh, okay. So That's I was awesome. going to say, are they introducing that trope of more than one slayer at a time already, like that early in the story? I don't know. I'm horribly behind on. Oh, okay. It. But same. Uh, sadly, same. Since the first one in in the new run, mm-hmm. they've been doing like an alternate cover that has had one of the slayers. Is that what those yeah. covers have been showing? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. 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 They've been doing a bunch of those, yeah. That that I didn't know that those were other Slayers. That's cool. Um, this one shot leading up to that is something that somebody like me, who has woefully little experience with the Buffy universe, could probably really use leading into some bigger kind of cool event thing like that. So I didn't even see that downstairs yesterday, but I'm going to have to snag one of those. Yeah. It was hiding, and I forgot it was coming out. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. But here it is. Uh, last one from Dark Horse that I, I had this week but didn't get around to was Manor Black Number 2 with the wonderful creative team behind Sixth Gun, Colin Bunn, <laughs> Brian Hurt, 
And then on the art, we have Tyler Crook, who is a wonderful artist and has worked with uh, Cullen Bunn on Harrow County most recently and is now doing another horror-style book at Dark Horse again. New Bone, Bone Parish came out this week, too, didn't The it? last Bone the Parish. The last Bone Parish, yeah. Yep. Which was grisly. I bet. I bet. And wrap things up, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Another yeah. Cullen Bunn comic that uh, has been well-liked and... Did somebody say recently that's going to get made into a thing? It got picked up, yeah. There you go. TV show in the future? That's going to be... It's got to be AMC. They're the only ones that dabble that violently. (laughs) Yeah, that'll be an interesting show. Right on. So if you like TV shows about uh, voodoo drugs (laughs) and uh, not only seeing dead people, but being dead people, Mm -hmm. check it out. Indeed. Tank Girl Forever. Came out this week. Nice. Continuing their uh, ongoing Tank Girl run that they Is that started. still featuring the art of the guy that's now drawing the goon as well? Not to put you on the spot, sorry. Uh, I think they 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 switched the art style. It okay. has a uh, the last couple issues have had a, a very like archy style. Yeah, they okay. Have, yeah. okay. That's fair. I imagine the artist that they got to go over to the goon probably had to hop. You know, jump ship at some point. But good stuff. Tank Girl's always delight. Absolutely. Definitely. What kind of trades did we have? You know, I paid woefully little attention to that this week, unfortunately. Well, then I'm going to jump in with my segment now. Hey, there you go. Because we can. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, previously, uh, when I've been on the show, I've been doing uh, d- little deep dives kind of open the door to some things you might have missed. I'm on a different kick now. I uh, took the kids on vacation. I went to Disneyland. I went to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Now all I can think about is Star Wars. It's weird. I literally can't. I don't have. A, they gotcha. Yeah, I don't have a brain cell one for anything else right now. So this week in Star Wars comics. Woo. So uh, this week we've got uh, Age of Resistance. Uh, General Hux, mm-hmm. number one, came in. Uh, Age of Resistance. Poe Dameron, oh, number one, came in. And then Galaxy's Edge number five. Yeah. Right? Which ends that storyline. Uh, the trade paperback will be out in November. They named that after part of the Disney park, right? Uh, so it is the story of how the Millennium Falcon got to the Black Spire. Cool. Um, so that's one of the... Like, I was unaware of its existence before that, because there's a ton of Star Wars titles every week. Sure, yeah. yeah. And um, I just assumed most of them couldn't keep up with the main so i wasn't too worried about it i'm finding i was incredibly wrong the more i'm i'm picking up side storylines and stuff the star wars what marvel is doing with the star wars universe right now is stellar and it's really exciting and so that's why i decided to jump in with this and kind of speaking of trades that came out this week uh vader's dark vision dark tauntaun it's not a dark tauntaun (laughs) It's it's an evil space goat, and you know it. Uh, okay, that's fine. the cover is very Frank Frenzetta. Yes, it is. It it looks absolutely incredible. Um, I'm be picking that up today. I haven't got a chance to read it, but part of what kicked me off and got me down the line of Star Wars, and it's actually what I wanted to talk about today, is Doctor Afra. Right on. I was I was told several months ago that I should be reading Doctor Afra. And I hadn't picked it up, and I took a chance, and we had a a used copy of Volume 1, which I purchased, read, and immediately regretted buying a used copy, because I want a pristine, nice copy on my (laughs) shelf now. 
Um, nice. Elevator pitch for Dr. Afra. If you have not read it or are unfamiliar, uh, female Indiana Jones with less of a moral compass in space. <laughs> she was created in um, Karen Gillan's run of Darth Vader, if I'm not much mistaken. No, that's absolutely correct. With her torture droids, Triple uh, Zero, and I can't remember what BT1. the... BT-1. Um, if you are looking for an entry point into the Marvel Star Wars comic books. That's it. That run of Darth Vader is phenomenal. Yep. yep. It is so good. And it dovetails out into a bunch of other things that are really good as well. Um, The source material was amazing, and the Dr. Aphra run I've heard nothing but amazing things about, and I have not actually read myself. I'll have to borrow those. Also written by Karen Gillan. Yep. Uh, Yep. And it's it's so good. I'm, I'm a huge, huge fan, but it revolves around, I mean, it's got plenty of her backstory and and a really good familial fam- familial familial yeah that's the word sure <laughs> she gets she doesn't get along with her dad so well okay yeah because <laughs> <laughs> he's like this he's basically a, a super space hippie hmm. uh, who's way into uh, the Jedi religion but not a Jedi uh, okay you know that's and, that's a that's an interesting aspect. I haven't seen that before. Yeah, and well, I mean, kind of like Chirrut from Rogue One. Okay, yeah, okay, but he, okay. but he that's was force sensitive, and this guy isn't. Right, and so it's 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 kind of interesting that this essentially this space Harry Krishna is her dad, <laughs> and he's got this view of this utopian place that he believes in that nobody else does. And he basically blackmails her into helping him find it by screwing with her credentials that make her a doctor. Hmm. Huh. And it's it's such a good storyline. It's really, really good. <laughs> what a great dad. It's really the only way she'll do anything. <laughs> because fair. she she is she's an amazingly fun character. She's so cool and so fun to read. But she's a turd. She doesn't care about anything really. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's fun to have a character where you they get into a position and you don't know what they're going to do. And she's a complete wild card because she could feel like maybe I should do the right thing here and help these people and do this thing. <laughs> At the same time she mean like I don't care about anything right now. Screw you people. And it's it's a it's a fun fun read so please check out Dr. Afra and I will have more Star Wars comics for you next week. Nice. Perfect. All right. Well, that about wraps it up for the week. Thanks, Travis. Yeah. Corey, happy to have you back. I'm glad to be back. Bye. You've been listening to AU Radio Comics Corner. Music is provided by Cubby and Bensound.com. Views expressed do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of Adventures Underground. AU Radio Podcast is a production of Adventures Underground Copyright 2018 All Rights Reserved like to contact the show follow us on twitter at au underscore radio facebook at au radio podcast instagram at au dot radio or you can email the show at podcast at adv you can also support this show and all the shows on au radio by becoming a patron of the au radio network find us on patreon as au radio at adventures underground you can help us create this podcast and soon several others with as little as a dollar a month thanks for listening Thank you.